Barbie crosses a billion dollars global. Oppenheimer becomes one of the highest grossing rated R films of all time. Is Wonder Woman 3 actually happening? And Park Chan-wook's Old Boy gets a re-release in theaters. Let's go over this week's movie news. Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. And we have another episode of Movie News where we go through all of the industry news so you don't have to. Trailer releases, casting, box office. It was a pretty interesting week. Box office is going strong still. Barbie and Oppenheimer are continuing their absolute onslaught of money making with Barbie crossing $1 billion globally and over $500 million domestically. And Barbie made $30 million in its fourth weekend. It is on track for a pace of $1.4 billion right now. You said $1.5. I know. It might hit it. It might hit you it. You said $1.5. It might hit it. You might that... owe me $20. Well, we'll see, man. You might owe me $20. $20. <laughs> Although I should have dropped it to $1.4. <laughs> in the meantime, Oppenheimer is also crushing. It's become the second highest grossing World War II film. It beat out Saving Private Ryan. And then it also became the in the top 10 list of highest grossing rated R films. It has a lot of work to beat Joker. I don't see that happening. Joker yeah, made a billion. Yeah, yeah. 1.1 billion, so I don't see that happening. But Oppenheimer is actually on track for 800 to 900 million dollars in its total run. So it is looking to be an absolute juggernaut even for a Christopher Nolan's filmography. Anthony is jacked up about this news. I love I love people going to the movies. So excited. Look at him. He's just giddy over there. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem came in third place in its second weekend with a $14 million weekend, and it's closing in on $75 million domestic for its release so far, so it's getting close to $100 million. And we did a Patreon bonus review on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Great plug. So check that out. It was a good review. If you're a Patreon, yeah. yeah. And next up, The Meg 2 is doing well with $13 million in its second weekend. It's closing in on $200 million globally. Last Voyage of the Demeter, the new Universal Dracula film, premiered to a very lackluster box office with $6 million in its opening weekend. This is an Amblin Universal co-production with a budget of $45 million. Oh my goodness. Before, Can we talk about this for a minute? Yeah, before marketing. So this is another bomb from Universal. Universal has released two Dracula movies before the fall. Before the fall! One. When was Renfield? April? It was March. Renfield was March or April. And then the, voyage, the last voyage of the Demeter is... Demeter, 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 August. So two Dracula movies being released before summer's even over. Also, I mean, I didn't like the trailer because I'm a huge fan of the book and it looks like they completely retrofitted a new story into it where, so in the book, Dracula is is sleeping in a coffin while his, while Renfield is taking him across the, the ocean into America and he, he feeds on, like, one or two people, but it's really... He's not really supposed to leave the coffin, but in this film, Dracula is just, like, this monstrous bat monster, CGI monster. And I, I, just, I just did not like the trailer, like, version. I was like... Uh, as a fan of the novel, I thought it was just a, a weird representation for Dracula. And also, Universal putting out two weird Dracula adaptations in the same year. It's just, I don't understand what they're doing with the MonsterVerse right now. Is Renfield even in the movie? Maybe because they made Renfield, they didn't want Renfield to be a character It doesn't look one. like Renfield's in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like Dracula's just chilling there. I don't know. I didn't see the film, but I just, I found the trailer to be really weird. 
as a fan of the novel, and I didn't I, I didn't want to see the film, and then it got really bad reviews and mixed reactions from fans. So I'm not I'm probably not going to see the movie. Probably not. And then Haunted Mansion came in sixth place with five million dollars domestic weekend. Talk to me. Pulled in another four point seven million dollars. This movie is eventually going to start turning a profit. I believe it's at twenty six million total right now. And it costs yeah how thirty. Much it cost? No, it cost five million. And then marketing, I think it's broken even. Yeah, it's probably yeah. about to start hitting profit. Yeah. So it's become a successful film and probably the biggest hit for a twenty four of the year for sure. It is. Yeah, absolutely. Talk to me. So definitely check that out if you haven't seen it yet. And then Mission Impossible Seven. Still making some bucks, made four million. Yeah, so MI7 has grossed five hundred million internationally so far. Uh, it's still closing in on two hundred million domestic. It's still it never stood a chance against Barbenheimer. Never did. So I expect no one did. MI7 Part Two. They'll release it next year, probably away from anything. <laughs> well, I mean, I can't think of what's going to be huge next summer besides Mission Impossible right now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So I think it'll be fine next year. Now, let's head into some news. Before that, okay. I actually got oh, some, box, office some box office statistics. Do it, bro. I was interested. Statistics? Statistics. So I came up with the actual statistics for each studio in its year so far in terms of profits, positive or negative, for each major studio. And it's actually pretty surprising. So at number one, it's Universal. Universal has grossed uh, $1.3 billion in profit so far this year. By far, the number one contender in terms of studios this year, thanks in part to Super Mario Brothers making $1.4 billion. And then Oppenheimer making a shit, to shit ton of money as well. Both made on very modest budgets. Super Mario Brothers made with a $150 million budget. And then Oppenheimer made with a $100 million budget. So their return on investments on those films put them way over the top. Sony came in second place so far, halfway through the year, with a total profit of $428 million, thanks in part mostly to Across the Spider-Verse, which was a huge profit, uh, profitable film for them. Disney came in third place with a mere $300 million total profit so far this year. It is pretty disappointing considering how many movies they've had come out this year. They've had a lot of releases this year. Lionsgate came in fourth place so far with $127 million total profit this year. Warner Brothers, oh, I'm sorry, that Warner Brothers is in, is in third place with $365 million total in its total profit. Barbie, can you think, think Barbie, Barbie for that? Barbie, t they were in the red until Barbie came out. They were in the red like by, by $200, $300 million yeah, until Barbie big time, came out. Big time because of the flash. Yeah. Now Paramount is in sixth place with a very lackluster $68 million in total profits. So it's not the year of... Uh, Top Gun, so <laughs> they don't got it this yeah, year. Yeah, sixty-eight million dollars on several releases—that's not yeah. what studios are in the business for. Exactly, they're, they're not in the business to make five million dollars in profit on a movie. They want to make at least a hundred million in profit per movie if they've in, yeah. if they've invested a lot. Exactly, IFC on a limited number of releases has profited two million dollars. Okay, but still, they want more than that. Neon is in the red, minus seven point five million dollars. Amazon is in the red, minus $34 million with its releases this year. Air made $90 million, but it cost $90 million to make. So Also, it cost an extra, I think, $40 million for the paychecks that they gave Matt and Ben yeah. to sign the deal. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's probably in the red another $50, $40 million. Although, I mean, they did, they always, they planned it originally to be an Amazon Prime movie. Mm -hmm. So, they did make money at the box office, but it was a very expensive movie just because of the talent involved. Next up, Focus Features is having a very bad year with minus $40 million so far in profit. MGM also is dying right now 
with minus $60 million in profit. And they're Amazon. However, unfortunately, our favorite studio at the moment is in last place this year. A24 is having an extraordinarily dismal year with minus $140 million of profit deeply in the red. All of their releases have lost a tremendous amount of money except for Talk To Me, which is their only profitable film this year. Unfortunately, all of their other releases performed really poorly. Movies like Past Lives, Bo Is Afraid, You Hurt My Feelings. These are all movies that cost about $30 million each, and none of them even hit $10 million in box office. So and you got to remember, they have to factor in marketing. Then you have to factor if, like, Bo is Afraid made $10 million at the box office. Half those sales are going to movie theaters, so they yes. made $5 million off a $70 million, $80 million investment. So unfortunately, A24 is having its worst year to date. I expect them to turn it, turn it around next year, and hopefully they have some... Uh, more interesting releases this year to get them out of this deep red. Well, but... it's not that these releases weren't interesting. Oh, no, yeah. People aren't I, seeing I, them. More interesting releases. So more. Not, yeah, it's more in, of them. More period, 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 period. Interesting releases. I love the movies. They're, they're some of my sounds favorite like movies. Bo is Afraid of Past Lives are my two and three this year. Didn't sound like you liked them at all. <laughs> Shut up. like you hate We them. love A24. <laughs> Don't put words in my mouth. But unfortunately, they're having just a, a very, very bad year so far. Is Blumhouse on there? Blumhouse is not in the top uh, 13, no. Studios? No. Well, Blumhouse is owned by Universal now. Okay. So then, because they made a bunch of money off Megan this year. That was last year. Wait, no, that was this year. That was this year. Yeah, this year. This Universal. Yeah. So So Universal made the money. Well, that's pretty wild stuff. Yeah. I thought it would be interesting. It's an interesting list to look at. I think it's really interesting as well. And it's it's interesting to see what people are seeing. And it's also wild to see that a lot of studios lose a lot of money on movies. Anyways, let's get into some news, everybody. So Wonder Woman 3, there's a lot of mixed reports about the potential Gal Gadot sequel. Or would it be like a a reboot trilogy sequel for the new DCU? Reboot legacy sequel with the same cast. So lots (laughs) of mixed reports. Recently, Gal Gadot did an interview where she said, quote, I was invited to a meeting with James Gunn and Peter Safran. And what they told me, and I'm quoting, so I'm quoting her, quoting herself, quoting them. (laughs) You're in the best hands. We're going to develop Wonder Woman 3 with you. We love you as Wonder Woman. You've got nothing to worry about. So time will tell. However, recently, multiple sources with knowledge close to the situation have since said that Wonder Woman 3 is not in development at DC Studios. However, Paradise Lost, which is a prequel series of Diana, is in development. Like in Demisera? Yeah. Uh-huh. Interesting. So, I mean, that would be a cool setting for a, a series. No, I, yeah, I remember yeah. we talked about that when we went through the whole DCU plan that James yeah. Gunn and Saffron released. Oh, I remember but, now, but yeah. it's so odd that there's getting mixed reports where she had a meeting, she says, with them too. I wonder when this meeting took place, and I wonder, obviously this interview didn't happen like a, a, probably a couple days ago. It probably happened a month ago because it was in a magazine, then you have to wait a month for that magazine to come out. So maybe things change, but who knows? It's pretty odd to get such mixed reports about such a huge character in the DC. Maybe they're just going to wait a while before they start developing the next film because they might be focused on the reset right now. No, but like... They're not developing a film. It's yeah. the, the TV show, the prequel. That's the prince. That's Diana. Yeah. That's the Wonder Woman series. So that'll probably be Paradise Lost. Cast someone else as Diana. Make yeah. movies. Yeah. It's just odd. Like you can't do two Wonder Womans. True. True. It's, I mean, unless, she might be I getting mean, multiverse. The, obviously. She, yeah. She might. She might be getting the boot like Cavill. She might be. It might. It might be one of those. Uh, she might find out on Instagram. Who knows? <laughs> like we'll Henry see. did on his we'll birthday. See. We'll see. <laughs> 
Uh, next up, uh, speaking of DC, Blue Beetle's first reactions came out, and they are looking very positive for the upcoming DC film. People are calling it a huge win. The first film of the new DCU, even though it wasn't like made by, by the current yeah. heads of the man of the studio. I, I'm sure maybe they did some reshoots to uh, connect it maybe better. Some re-editing. Yeah, and also this is obviously the first Latino superhero to lead a superhero film. So this is uh, really great for uh, inclusivity and diversity in the superhero genre which has been a long time coming and we saw the trailer early and it looks like an exciting film so we'll be checking it out soon we're going to see it this week i think now some more superhero news related to marvel though so marvel studios visual effects artists have voted to unionize the visual effects workers for marvel studios have for the first time ever voted to unionize under iatse the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees. This is huge news. Obviously, for the last year and a half, we keep hearing about animation and visual effects artists who are insanely overworked. They have wild deadlines, pulling six hours, six days a week, 12-hour days, trying to meet demands of release dates for movies, and a lot of directors not communicating things well. So it's pretty insane to see this happening. It's great for these artists, for sure. But, man, these studios, they are in deep water the last couple of months yeah. now everyone wants their share because this also relates to our next story where south korean the directors guild there is also going on a strike because they want more they want residuals from their movies that play in america that are on streaming platforms so in an echo of the screenwriters and actors guild strikes that have brought the u.s film and tv industry to a halt the directors guild of korea is lobbying its country's legislator to revise a copyrights act that prevents directors from receiving residual pay from hit movies so this contract prevented them from making money off residuals that's off crazy so they're probably i'm assuming just get one upfront payment we're gonna have the rights to your movie for three years or something like that and then that's if insane. it gets insane revenue then they get, don't get anything from it and this is going to also as well hold they'll also be holding strikes for collective bargaining so this these strikes in streaming in the new distribution format that's happened since lockdown since 2020 and how much, how quickly it's changed everything's changing everyone wants to finally get their share of the pie that the studios are in control of this is why strikes are important because it trickles down and hopefully the animators i'm not sure if the animators are in a union but hopefully hollywood animators can get into a union of some sorts as well because after the stories of what you heard about across the spider versus animators and kind of the hell they were put through for two years and i'm sure so many other films uh, that animators work on hopefully we can see bigger changes for the people who are below the line credits that never get any attention and kind of just are the brunt workforces behind the scenes that nobody knows of so well this is a good sign going forward for visual effects artists and also animators and just residuals in general for these streaming platforms because everything's changed the last four years really and they gotta get paid they gotta get what they deserve Oh, yeah. Let's move on. We have a cool interview coming up this week. I want to tease it. So we did an interview with IMAX's head chief quality guru who's been with IMAX working on production and post-production off IMAX films for decades. He's been with the company since the 1970s. His name is David Keeley. He's helped make Nolan all of his films with IMAX format and shooting for IMAX. And obviously, them two started working together to experiment with, can you make a movie shooting with IMAX film and IMAX cameras? starting with experimentation with The Prestige, also post-production work on Batman Begins, but The Prestige was the first time they started experimenting with the format. There's a couple shots in there we found out about 
IMAX that they snuck in there and the prestige that you would not know were actually shot with IMAX cameras and IMAX film. It was so cool and fun to talk to David Keeley and get his expertise on the technical aspects of IMAX film and IMAX filmmaking and also just going over his entire career, the history of IMAX. It was such a great discussion. That'll be dropping on Wednesday, so don't miss that interview. Yeah, it was a great interview. He had so many nuggets of information about the history of IMAX and its uh, development into narrative filmmaking. And man, it was just so fascinating to hear what the format his, what the format's history was and how it came to being this basically world-recognized brand now. So it's a great, great interview. I loved it. Yeah, I think one little te tease for it, one of my favorite things he talked about was Francis Ford Coppola wanted to use IMAX to make Apocalypse Now. And oh, you got to tune into the interview to hear more about that. I had no idea. Man, crazy So he stuff. was like the original filmmaker that was like, one of the originals that was like, can you make a movie with this? And then Nolan obviously realized the value in it. Yeah. And we 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 won't say it, but we he he showed he he told us about like the what inspired Nolan about IMAX before he even became a director. So you'll hear about that in the interview. Anyways, moving on to old boy Park Chan Wook's groundbreaking violent revenge flick is getting a re-release in theaters this month. Get your tickets now for next week. Do you think it'd be okay if I brought a hammer? It would not be okay if you brought a hammer. <laughs> that would be disturbing. <laughs> Maybe it was if it was a toy hammer, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it'll be weird if you brought that old wooden hammer we have. <laughs> that would make people very uncomfortable. Probably, <laughs> probably. It's a white guy with a hammer in the movie theater. Yeah, that's not a good. That's not a good luck. <laughs> not a good luck. Not again. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Always run those things by me first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this week we saw the passing of one of the greatest filmmakers in history. William Friedkin passed away at the age of eighty-seven. He was a legend, maverick filmmaker. Of director of films like The Exorcist, The Conversation, Sorcerer. Uh, that's Coppola, The Conversation. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> real, real fan I'm over there. I'm a big there. fan. <laughs> Start over. <laughs> director of great films like The Exorcist, Sorcerer, To Live and Die in L.A. French Connection. French Connection. That's, <laughs> that's what I was going for. We love the guy. If you haven't seen Sorcerer, it's a underseen film and underappreciated film. It's really incredible, and he also made this amazing film with Al Pacino called Cruising, which is so so good. So definitely check out those two. Well, he's, his career is insane. Yeah, yeah. Those are two lesser known films of his that yeah. are just unbelievable. He made Sorcerer, then he made Sorcerer's Stone. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, he did not. That was critical of his. But all, he was just a really cool guy. He was a really cool guy. Did you know him? No, <laughs> I've seen I've seen lots of interviews with him, but he's. He's great. He um, and he's like he's a great friend. He uh, there's an interview where he tore apart Nicholas Woody Refn. No way. Refn interviewed him and Refn and they were talking about Only God Forgives and Only God For and Refn goes, yeah, well, I, people didn't like it, but I mean, it's a masterpiece. And and Freakin <laughs> goes, can somebody get this guy an ambulance? Gonna get a doctor in here. <laughs> he called it a masterpiece. And also, uh, James Franco made a short film called Interior Leather Bar, which was. Uh, basically, like a he made like a deleted scene from Cruising, the Al Pacino film, and because there's some there's rumors about deleted scenes about that film, not substantiated, but Franco, using rumors in his own writing, was like, I'm gonna recreate these deleted scenes from Cruising, and so he called Freakin up asking for advice, and Freakin's like, 
you're doing what? <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> I cut them because they weren't good. <laughs> yeah, and then he goes, Franco asked him what the deleted scenes were, and Friedkin goes, they were just gay sex. <laughs> we had too much of it already. We couldn't get, it was just too much gay sex, and we had to delete some of it. It was becoming like a porno. <laughs> He's like, there's no like story scenes, so I don't know what you're doing here. <laughs> Franco just wanted an excuse to make a porno. Yeah, exactly, probably, yeah. I, I saw an interview where freaking tore Pacino apart. Yeah, I saw that too. Tore Pacino apart. He's like, I don't give a fuck what he thinks. I don't give a fuck what Al Pacino thinks. <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's move on to Disney news. What's this over here? So they just revealed how badly the Star Wars Galactic Hotel failed. So, the Star Wars Galactic Hotel, which they closed down last month. Would they, it last a year? It lasted a year, and oh it, it lost a them billion a dollars. It lost them $250 million so far. And yeah, they, so far, because this cost a billion dollars. There's no that's way. That's what they, they're saying. There's no way they made $750 million. But they're trying to find a way around the losses by doing a tax write off of $2.5 million per room. Okay. <laughs> Tax write-off. This is crazy what corporations can like get away with. Yeah. Like, come on. Jesus Have Christ. Have you watched any footage of like people walking through the hotel and stuff? I remember I just saw the original ad last year, but I've never seen that. It's I, I watched some footage of obviously like YouTubers they get invited and they'll like do walkthroughs of yeah, I know the Matt did area one. and they yeah. do the room their walkthroughs through the rooms and everything. It looks cool, but for what was it, two thousand a night? Five grand a night. Five grand a night? Yeah. Five really? Grand a, yep. Five grand a night. Is it that expensive? I thought. Yeah, it was, I just read it in the article. Five grand a night, or, or, is it, or is it five grand a weekend? I believe it's five thousand a night. Well, it's a couple thousand dollars. Or it could a, be a weekend. I think it's five thousand for like a two night stay. I think it's twenty five hundred a night, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Still a couple thousand for a night stay. I watched the videos. Absolutely not worth it. It's cool, but. Looked, you can't escape. Yeah, it looked pretty boring, honestly. It, you, like it's cool. It looks like it's cool for an hour, but this, then it's where's Luke Skywalker? <laughs> where is where is Han Solo? <laughs> where the fuck are they? Like I don't get it. Uh, where, where, at least even Anakin. It would have worked better if they had some exteriors you could visit as well. That'd be cool, rather than just being stuck inside of the hotel. I think because the oh. whole point of a hotel is to like. Leave it. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just a stay. It's just a sleep. It, they should just call it the, the Galactic Scar Star Cruiser Prison. Like, that's what it really is. <laughs> it would have worked better if it was just uh, part of the park that anyone can go into. Uh, where even is it? Is, is it in Florida? It was in, um, I believe it was in Florida. Let Disney World. Check. Let me check. It's I, don't gotta... think, I don't think it was Disneyland. I think it was Disney World. Well, because, yeah, Disneyland's in California. The Galactic Star Cruiser. Yeah, it's Walt Disney Resort. So you're paying five grand to stay at this hotel, and then you're spending another five grand when you're at the parks and doing everything. And, and food. Holy crap. And travel. Well, that's what I mean. You're spending five, another five grand. And gas. <laughs> and merchandise. Moving on to more Disney news. <laughs> so Disney Plus and Hulu have raised their prices for subscriptions less than a year after their previous bump. 
which probably means that they are losing subscribers like flies. So yeah, so when it came out, Disney Plus was six ninety nine a month. And then in 2022, they raised it to ten ninety nine, and now thirteen ninety nine per month. And Hulu will cost seventeen ninety nine a month, so fourteen and eighteen dollars a month for these subscription services. I feel like Hulu is worth it because Hulu has a ton of movies and TV they have the shows. Meats. They have the meats. Hulu has okay. <laughs> <Our beast. laughs> yeah, Hulu has the meats, Anthony. <laughs> um, no, because uh, uh, their slogan, Hulu slogan, is like we have the movies. No, that's HBO. No, it's HBO Max. Max is the one to watch. Hulu has a slogan that says, we have the movies? We have, yeah, it's something like that. I saw I, there's a billboard on the bus stop really? on, on uh, Colorado. It's uh, Bradley Cooper from the Guillermo del Toro film. And it says, like, we have mo- the movies. So it's like, I, it might not be word for word verbatim, but it just clearly Arby's came to I mind. Think <laughs> I think Anthony just made this up. Anyways, Anthony, I just want to roast I think sandwich. Anthony was dr- driving past an Arby's and saw a Hulu <laughs> billboard and thought... Hulu has the meats. Anyways, <laughs> as I was saying, I think Hulu is probably worth the $18 because they have so many movies and TV shows. They have 20th, 20th Century Fox before Disney bought it. Now it's 20th Century Studios. So all of those movies throughout the last 80 years are on Hulu now, plus a ton of Disney movies that are more mature that they don't want to put on Disney+. Plus. So that seems to be worth it. But man, when you see subscription services keep jacking up their prices, that usually means they are losing subs like crazy and they're trying to make some money back oh yeah big time big time economics 101 and also like a lot of people won't even see that news story so they won't even know there will be a bump in their subscription true they might get they'll get an email but who looks it might go into their promotions who mail looks box. Their email next up speaking of oh still on disney avatar the way of water was touted as disney's biggest digital release ever in the united states during its recent earnings call. So Avatar, being a huge, huge hit last year at the box office, was once again a huge hit on digital for Disney. So, I mean, people love Avatar, man. People love it. They really do. I think they're great. But also, I saw this funny video the other day where someone's like, do you even remember what happened in Avatar 2? <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. What did happen? Yeah, in the, <laughs> yeah the thing. Yeah, that the thing. Whale, I mean. Uh, the whale. <laughs> it was. um, <laughs> it's, it's like the movie that everyone sees. but The like, sun died. The whale scene. You like see it just to see it. They're incredible. I'm just kidding. The animation. And well, the I, I saw it just for the, the visual. Yeah. The visual effects are incredible. Like unbelievable visual yeah. effects. But it was three hours and 20 minutes long and you felt it. <laughs> <laughs> you felt it. I went to take a piss just to stretch my legs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Talk to me. Got some more news about this film from A24. A sequel has been confirmed to the hit horror movie from YouTube directors Danny and Michael Falupu. And... Expect a sequel to come in the next couple of years for this Talk film. to me again. Talk, <laughs> talk to me twice. Talk to me one more time. <laughs> talk to me, please. It sounds like a pop song. <laughs> it does, yeah. Talk to me one more time. There's probably a pop song called Talk to Me. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's, every, there's every title imaginable for, for songs. For everything. And our final bit of news. Well, getting jacked up for this one. Ridley Scott. Our guy, Ridley Scott. He believes that... He regrets he didn't direct Blade Runner 2049. So when Blade Runner 2049 was in pre-production, Alien Covenant was also in pre-production. Ridley Scott basically had to choose which of his darlings to pursue. So he chose Alien Covenant, which was a pretty good movie, but I mean, it's not, it's pales in comparison to 2049. And he says that, he said in an interview that he shouldn't have had to make that decision, but he had to. And he says, I should have, he said, I should have done Blade Runner 2. And... 
He, I read an interview. He said he really loved Blade Runner 2049, but he did say it was a little slow and a little long. So he did have some criticisms for it. Although he's a producer on the film and, you know, he was overseeing the script and in production, obviously, but he didn't have his hand on it. And also, Scott and Villeneuve are very different directors. They are extremely different filmmakers. They go about it in very different ways. Their visual styles are both incredible, but completely, I mean, opposite in some ways. And so I think Blade Runner 249 was really fantastic. But also, I'm, it's curious to see what he would have done with it. Yeah, it's interesting. I wish he would have done Blade Runner 2 as well, even though I love Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. I love what Denis did with that film. Really special filmmaker, and that's why he was chosen to make that movie. Like, who could make a Blade Runner a sequel to Blade Runner besides Ridley Scott? I think Denis was a great choice. And, you know, the thing with Alien was we've had so many Alien movies. We've had seven up until that, and Alien Covenant is kind of. That's not even count Alien vs Predator. Ones. I like I like there are three. I like Prometheus, and I like Alien Covenant, but Alien Covenant Ridley is a little long and slow as well at times. So <laughs> it's, it's not slow. It's just not that good. It's not as good as Prometheus, I don't think. Yeah. But I still enjoy them. I like both those movies, even though a lot of people they're divisive about them. But there's only one. There was only one other Blade Runner movie, so I feel like. Even though he, he said he didn't want to have to choose, he should have had to. I think if I was him, I would definitely go with Blade Runner. Uh, but I see what you mean about... Because I remember you told me that people on Twitter go after Ridley Scott. Yeah, they do. They went after him for this. He didn't he, he didn't say he didn't like Blade Runner 2049. And he just said, you know, I had to choose between two babies of mine. And he wishes he chose the other way. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. like he, it's not like he's saying Villeneuve ruined it because he didn't. And Ridley Scott loves Blade Runner 2049. But, I mean, these are two movies that he that changed cinema with, with horror and then with science fiction, and he had to choose which one to do and which one not to do. So I think he just wishes he did Blade Runner 2049 yeah, as, like, a personal thing. But then, hey, maybe he does Blade Runner 2049, and then it's someone, not else, good. someone else does uh, Prometheus or Alien Covenant. He's like, oh, I wish I did Alien Covenant. Yeah. You never know. But I think it's interesting. In a- I think it worked out, though, because Blade Runner 2049 is really excellent. Yeah. Really wonderful movie. They're both incredible all-time directors. So yeah. that's although everyone on Twitter, I after the story came out, everyone was saying Twenty Four Nine was better than Blade Runner. I was like, guys, <laughs> let's pump the fucking brakes here. <laughs> it's Blade Runner. It, there's one would not exist without the other. And also put into perspective of when he made that movie compared it's to it's like Twenty Four Nine. Guys, the recency bias. I love Twenty Four Nine, but it's Blade Runner, guys. It changed science fiction. Kubrick changed science fiction with 2001, and then Scott did it. He changed science fiction with Blade Runner. And not just and Alien. Yeah, but not just science fiction, but filmmaking in terms of cinematography, in terms of production, yeah. in terms of style. Like, it, it's just, it was a mo- it's a monumental film. And it's just like, people write it off just for the new one. Sure. It's shocking to me how... Sure. how I, saw, yeah, I didn't know what you meant about people not liking Ridley Scott on Twitter. They, they, now I do. A lot of people hate Ridley, hate on Ridley Scott in his later years of his career. And I don't understand why. The guy, people say he's out of his prime. It's like, dude, he's a, a legend. <laughs> is Scorsese out of his prime? No. Is Ridley out of his prime? No. He makes movies. That's what he does. They're yeah. not... Not all of Ridley's movies are amazing, but he's made some of the greatest movies fucking ever. Yeah. The guy can yeah, do yeah. whatever he wants. And... Shut the fuck up. Seriously. <laughs> people who hate on the people who sh- built cinema. Sh- sh- yeah, shut your mouth. They hate on the legends. Well, it's it drives like, me crazy. Well, the thing is, they don't watch the old movies. I saw uh, someone hated on Scorsese. They, so I made a Scorsese post 
I said arguably Scorsese has arguably made the best film of each decade since he's been making movies. The yeah. argument can be made. Yeah, yeah. For three, for sure. And someone said The Departed was the worst Scorsese movie of all time. The fuck are you talking and about? I was One like, best picture. I was like, I was like, that's impossible. Like, how can it be the worst Scorsese movie? And they clearly have never seen Scorsese movies. Because I wrote, I, I replied to them. I was like, so you think The Departed is worse than Boxcar Bertha? Scorsese's second movie, which is okay. And they're like, it's this. The Departed is trash. So, so you haven't seen Boxcar Bertha. So you haven't seen 95% of the movies this guy made. But you just have to say, you've seen two movies you didn't like one of them. And it's the worst he's ever... Like, it's, un, it's really shocking to see how the opinions people have online are so inf are informed by nothing. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, un it's shocking to me. People will go out there and say something so r outrageous with absolutely nothing backing it up. Absolutely nothing. No, I agree. <laughs> Welcome to Twitter, bro. Well, I've been I've been it's I told crazy. Anthony for two years, don't ever I'll I'll enter the Twitter, you don't have to hit deal with this, but now he's in, man. He's in deep. Listen to him. If you're gonna say something's the worst, at least watch the other ones. <laughs> it's the fucking <laughs> departed. Are you kidding me? That movie's incredible. If you want to say it's mid tier and you've seen his entire filmography, you're entitled to that opinion, but you can't say it's the worst thing he's ever done if you've never seen his other movies. And also you didn't say he's the he's made the best. You said arguably the yeah. best. You know, you, you can make the argument. Yeah, that's all that's all was I, per I worded it very carefully twitter's insane but it's uh i mean x sorry x, x. x <laughs> welcome to x baby it got a lot of reposts not Re retweets reposts Repost. all right <laughs> let's wrap our movie news up right here for episodes this week tomorrow on monday we are doing an episode on 1999 a year in film we're going over every movie worth talking about from arguably the greatest year of cinema in history. It's going to blow your mind. Not how many great movies, but also how many just good movies came out that year. It's absurd. We talked about like 100 films. It was crazy. It's and the biggest shocking. genre, comedy. The biggest was, genre was comedy. It had the most. Yeah, it had the most. The, the smallest genre, horror and action. Comedy has the meats. <laughs> the, comedy had the meats in the 2000s and 90s. It was insane. So I can't wait for everyone to tune into that. And then obviously our IMAX interview on Wednesday. Don't miss that. As well as Thursday, we're doing an episode on... Christopher Nolan ranking, oh, yeah. finally. Oh, we're doing with that popcorn, with popcorn podcast. podcast. That's right. So stay Thursday. tuned for those great episodes this week. I got to edit it, though. Yeah, you better edit that, bro. Take care, everybody. Have a great day. See you next time. Thank you for watching Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. Hit the like button as well. Notifications for sure. Listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere you can listen to podcasts. And be sure to check out this other content we have on our YouTube channel.